You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to another episode of After the Jack. I'm your host, Tyler Ma, and here with me in the studio, as always, is uh, Ash Williamson. Ash, uh, welcome back. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having us, and uh, good to be back for week two of the uh, After the Jack podcast for this season. And uh, Brian Nisbet, uh, as always, ready to go, well prepared and uh, keen for another show. Yes, thanks very much, Tyler. Good afternoon to you, good afternoon to Ash, and uh, good afternoon or hello to all the listeners out there. And uh, on the line uh, for us today is uh, Mark Stevens of Euroa. Mark, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Tyler. Yeah, welcome, Mark. Uh, on behalf of Ash, Lee and myself... Um, I had you on the radio program last week on One FM, and so you're a pretty popular person at the moment. You're the current. Oh, people second, might get. You're current, they might get sick of listening to me, mate. They might <laughs> get the wrong idea too, mate. Right? Yeah. Welcome to the program. As I said, uh, you finally got your opportunity skipping last season after a certain person interviewed you and said, um, "I think you should be skipping the previous week." That's right. That was at the Pairs tournament, Brian. Yeah, you must have had. A crystal ball or something to get that right. So, yeah, that was well done. And you performed creditably too. And this season you went down by only five in your opening game against Kai Abram. And you had that match at your mercy until the um, until the you had a shower of rain and the green slowed a couple of seconds and Kai's arm bowlers handled it better than yours and you went down. But you've won your last two games, which is a good start for the team who finished bottom last season. Yeah, yeah, the first game was disappointing, Brian, because we did, I think at one stage we were 26 up overall. Um, then we had the break, the, the rain came. Um, we were playing on a 16-second green, and the rain probably softened it to 12 seconds. And, um, look, Kyabra, full credit to them, they just handled the conditions a lot better than us and finished all over the top of us. So it was disappointing, but as you said, we bounced back with, Two in a row against East Shep and Stanhope last week, so we're pretty happy at the moment. Yeah, I bet you are. And did you relish the opportunity to finally get a skipper's role? And did you feel any more pressure on yourself to perform than your previous role or position as third? Uh, look, definitely you feel more pressure. I think you, if, you certainly enjoy the wins better. You, you really think, great, that's great, I'll, I'll been part of a team, skippering a team, and we've had a win. But then, on the other hand, if you lose, you certainly... I felt the losses a lot too. You just feel responsible that, uh, especially the big losses, that maybe determines the, the overall situation. So, um, yeah, it, 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 you're always in the game, and it's uh, certainly a lot mentally draining because you're, you're, you're involved in every shot. So, obviously, if you're... A, Lead second or third, you do get to switch off a little bit, but as skipper, you really don't get to switch off, so it is mentally draining for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, obviously, win or lose, no matter what position you play, you're sort of heavily invested. But uh, as yep. you mentioned, being a skip, you're watching every bowl going down, including your own, and you're sort of um, you're dictating a lot of the play, and um, it is a big responsibility. Um, yeah. 
Mark, sort of get, getting back to the after the the loss against Kine in round one, um, you, you you really bounced back well um, on one of these ships outdoor carpets to to sort of cause a bit of an upset in round two, and then uh, got over the line against Stanhope. So what what sort of changed in those last two weeks after the sort of the disappointment of round one when you sort of had that game there for the taking? What was the mindset going into the last two weeks that sort of changed um, your fortunes a bit? Yeah, I'm not sure, Ash. I think probably, you know, we're against East Shep, obviously, um, it was pretty disappointing the week before, and I think everyone was just out to make amends. And um, probably last week against Stanhope, we, we knew that it was a real winnable game, and um, Andy Houston's give us a big talk before the game and got us revved up. So, But having said that, it was close all day against Stanhope. So um, I think Stanhope... Um, they're not to be underestimated. They're going to push a few teams this year for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great to see sort of um, the competitiveness overall. I think in the first three rounds has shown that sort of the gaps, I guess, between some of the, the stronger sides and the lower sides is definitely closed and anyone can beat anyone on their day. Um, yep. Shane Drysdale's one I want to want want to touch on a little bit. He's done well as a skip. Um, had a big yep. had a big win against Jeff Beattie um, from East Shepherd and in round two. Can you tell us how he's um, how hard he's worked to take his game to the next level this year and and progressing to a skip role? Yeah, yeah. Shane's it's his third year uh, at the club. Third year of bowls. Actually, he played golf before that. Yep. And Shane, fortunately, he lives about. Uh, 40 metres from the bowls club so oh, yeah. he just lives, just lives over the road so he, he does he puts a lot of hours into to uh, practising works really hard so he's he's, he's um, picked it up really quick he's a natural sportsman so he's picked his, uh, the game up pretty quick so um, he's only going to get better and better as time goes on so yeah, and um, just looking at sort of the club overall, obviously last year with Shepherd and Golf winning Division 2, um, that allowed you guys to stay up in Division 1, which sort of must have been, um, you know, uh, a sort of a boost for the club because I sort of feel it's hard once you get relegated, it's very difficult to get back up through the grades. Do you feel that um, now, obviously, winning the last two weeks, it's sort of um, sort of got the confidence levels really high around the club overall? Oh, absolutely, Ash. Yeah, I think you're right what you said about once you go down, it is hard to get back up again. Like, you might think, oh, well, we've gone down to Division 2, you know, we'll win the Premiership and go up again. But, it's, you know, there's Division 2, there's so many good sides in Division 2 and it's just hard to win a flag. So, um, definitely, yeah, I think it is... Is um, We were lucky last year, obviously, Shep Golf winning Division 2 to stay in. Um, but having said that, we did finish the year off fairly well. We won three out of our last four, so yeah, we felt as though we sort of we, we're good enough to be in Division One. So um, yeah, but two out, winning the first two out of three has really set us up for a. I'm not going to get ahead of myself and say finals or anything, but it set us up to perhaps avoid relegation. So um, that that was our um, obviously our, our ambition before the start of the year and. If we win a couple more games, we might have to start reset our sights a bit higher. But at the moment, we're pretty happy. 
Mark, uh, something that stuck with me last year from uh, my chats with Kenny Sutcliffe was that um, a big theme for him was that uh, Uroa wasn't there to make up the numbers. And um, I think that really showed in, in the way you finished off the season and, and obviously have carried that through to, to start this one. You spoke about uh, Andy giving you a big rev up uh, on the weekend. Is, is there a similar theme to, to this year that, um, you know, you might think that maybe the, uh, the, the Northern clubs might underrate you a bit and you might be able to get a jump on them? Yeah, I think so, Tyler. Um, yeah, we like it's just. I think as Ash said, that the gap might, might have narrowed a little bit. I mean, obviously, Shep Golf and Tally are going to be the two teams to beat, but I think the other six clubs, as Ash said, on the day, anyone could beat anyone. So, um, yeah, look, as I said, we're just the old cliche: take one week at a time, and um, see. We're pretty happy at the moment how we're tracking, but. Um, we're going to have a. We're going to know where we're at this week against Shep Golf. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, it's oh, I've noticed there's obviously Peter Norton's one player who's returned to the club this year. Um, Andy Houston arrived at the start of last season. Could you tell us about some of the new players that have come in, in last year and this year? Um, Bill Taylor's another one. What have they sort of brought to the team, and how have they helped Euroa's depth overall? Yeah, well, Bill Taylor's from Tarpara in New South Wales, and he's a um, very experienced bowler, and he's playing third for Andy. So, um, yep. yeah, he's he's added that experience and, and, the, and the third we needed. Um, Peter Norton, obviously, he spent two years at East Shep, has come back to the club, um, and he's played over 300 Division One games. So he's another experienced bowler as well. So um, I think I said to Brian on Saturday, we're, we think we're not far away from sort of being that fourth or fifth team. So... You know, those two blokes with that experience has um, certainly made a difference to us for sure. And we haven't lost anyone from last year, so um, we've had two good gains, which is good. Yeah, and, and obviously sort of um, I think the general consensus is that Tally and Shep Golf are the two sort of powerhouses. Um, who, who do you – can you see anyone else sort of closing that gap and threatening those two for the pennant flag either this year or in, in the short term? You sort of um, – you mentioned that you feel you guys are not far off sort of getting to that fourth or fifth, you know, sort of sneaking yeah. into the top four? Yeah, look, actually, to be quite honest, I can't. I yeah, think, look, yeah. at, at the moment, they're, they're, it's hard to see anyone pushing those two teams. Um, I think last year, you know, you had Tatura Hilltop, who were that third team, yep. who could have possibly, you know, they were the team that could have possibly made the grand final, but they've dropped, they've lost, obviously lost a lot of players this year for some reason. And um, I think that, you know, the gap's probably, although it's, it's narrowed between the other six clubs, I think the gap's certainly widened. Um, Shep Golf and Tally have gone, uh, uh, you know, they're way out of, above the others. That's just my opinion, but yep. hopefully I'll be proven wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, Kai Abram have started off fairly well, and they're going to get Robbie George back. So, you know, you know, they keep going the way they are. Um, they could be a chance, but yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned playing Shep Golf this week. Um, so will you, be, will you be skipping this week against them? Yeah, I am skipping. Yeah, yep. I am skipping this week. Um, I'm with Skipping and Tony will be playing third. Yeah, so um, that, that'll be a big um, opportunity for you to obviously, you know, um, really test yourself against, the, the you know, the, the cream of the crop in the competition. You must be looking forward to that sort of opportunity. You might get a couple of cracks at it each season. Yeah, it's always good to play against the best and um, they're certainly the best. They have been for, what, six or seven years. So, um, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully I uh, won't get pumped. Yeah. Hopefully I'll um, be competitive. That's all sort of asking for. 
um, that we're competitive. Yeah, and, for. and Tony must give you a lot of confidence playing as your third as well. I know you've played a lot of bowls in the same rink as him, probably a fair few tournaments and things like that as well. What does he do for your confidence as a skipper having him as your third? Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, he's, I think he probably knows the game more than me. He's a, he's a, He knows how to read heads. He knows what shots to play. So... Uh, look, having him as third, it, it, it's almost like having two skippers in the team in a way. He's, he's, um, yeah, it's just good to have that experience with Tony. So, um, yeah, we team well together. We have played in a lot of tournaments, um, and, um, probably the last six years we've mostly played together, Tony and I. So I've usually played third in his skip. So, you know, we know each other's game too. So we've got a good understanding. So yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, very good. Well, um, just on behalf of us, Mark, we'd like to thank you for your time and all the best for your game on Saturday against Shepherd and Golf and hopefully sort of come the end of the season where we're talking about your hour as a, as a finals contender and you keep uh, improving onwards and upwards. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Ash. Thanks for that and good luck to you on Saturday too. hope you guys go well and um, I think, who do you play? Kai. You play... Kai Abramier. Kai, yeah, well, that'll be, that'll be a really good game. Big test. So, yeah, catch up with yeah. you, Mark. Thanks All very right, much Brian. for your time again. No worries, mate. Good on you. You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. And welcome back to After the Jack. Uh, Brian, a bit of midweek action today. I heard you were in fine form. Uh, tell us a bit about it. Yeah, well, I don't want to praise myself too much. Uh, I played in uh, Division 3 for East Shepherd and number 2. Went down on the last end. We led with one end to go and um, beaten by Bill Gullick. I played third for Kay Pregnall. Last time I played with Kay in a match, we defeated Yaroa in um, Division 1 at Yaroa. So Kay's still a fine bowler. She'd have to be um, close to 80 and... Um, she bowled well and uh, was a very good game, played in good spirit. And uh, um, Shep Park, I think, would have got up on the three rinks, but at one stage there was only eight shots in it with about ten innings to go. The best promotion, self-promotion, Brian, so talk oh, yourself yeah. up at every opportunity. We'll look at Division uh, five. 5. Yeah, I've got a, yep. yeah you can start. Yeah, so Division 5, Round 3, uh, Avenal had the bye. Seymour swept Yaroa. It was pretty tight, though. 49 shots to 38. Uh, Dookie won the closest match of the round by one shot against Colburn Avon. 47-46, 12 points to two. And Violet Town was too good for Rushworth. 53-34. Brian, Division 4 South. Division 4 South. Yaroa, 61. Went down to Seymour, 67. Four points, two rinks each. Um, they got two rinks, Yaroa. Uh, Seymour 12, one rink. In uh, Division 4, C- uh, Seymour, that was VRIs actually, the first game. Seymour 59, went down to Alexandra 74, three points to 13. And Shepparton Park 74, Drewerfield and 74. What a game, seven points each. High scoring for three rinks. Division 4, North. 
Kybram and Merrigan had a draw, 71 shots apiece, nine points to seven. So Merrigan get the lion's share of the points there against Kybram. Uh, Namurka defeated Murchison, 89-57 in a clean sweep. No scores from the Tat Hill Top Shep Park game, played at Tatura. Uh, and Shepparton and Golf, too good for East Shepparton in a clean sweep, 88 shots to 50. Division three, Brian. Division three, round three, East Shepparton two, 58, went down to Shepparton Park, 80. That was a game I was talking about. I played in Maroopna Golf, 87, defeated Hilltop, 54. Uh, 15 points to one, pretty comprehensive win there. And Gamby, 70. Well, this is a shock. They went down to Kyabram, 71, 313. They've lost two games in a row now, I think. Or I might be thinking of the Saturday they lost to VRI. So, now Gamby's gone down by one shot. I think it is the first time. And Marupna, 74, defeated East Shepherd and 166. Fantastic. Division 2, midweek, Kyabram, 77 shots, defeated Avenal, 69, 14 points to 2. Seymour, too good for Yaroa, 81 shots to 65, again, 14-2. Uh, no scores again from the Tatura Hilltop v Shep Park game. Uh, and Shepherd and Golf, too good for Stanhope, 81 shots to 53, 14 points to two, which leads us to Division 1, Brian. Yeah, well, I, I said out there today, this would be a close match. And look, they always have a tremendous game, Shep Golf and Shep Park. Traditionally, the two best sides in the um, Division 1 midweek. And Kai Abram probably a close third. Shep Golf, 74, defeated Shep Park, 71. 14 points to two. And, and looking at the ring scores, you know, they, they were quite um, quite sort of comprehensive each way. Robbie Betts in 27, defeated Paul Warren, 16, which is a big win for them. Uh, Die Hands had a 15-shot win against Chris Wright, 32-17. And Graham Waddell... Uh, 30 to 23 over Kathy Dudley. So there wasn't really any tight rink results, but overall it was only three shots. That's right. Exactly. So moving on there, uh, Marupna Golf are really struggling at the moment. 48 at home. Uh, they won one rink. They went down to Tad Hill, top 79, 14 points. Seymour, 85, defeated Kyabram, 39. Yeah, they're, 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 they're always hard to beat at home. And um, just looking at the, the rink scores, 23-15 Ian Eichfuss against Mary Greco. 24-14 Biggles-Brown over Marie, Marie Boswell. And the big one, Max Hammond, 38-10 to 10 against Jenny Dixon. So there's the the big difference there. And um, Seymour will take a power of beating at home, I think, this year. Certainly will. And I think E. Shepard in, um, in an upset defeated Brushworth. Yep. 68-58, 13-3, Brian. Uh, Graham Barber was the uh, the decisive rink there, uh, winning 30-13 against Chris Garvey because the other two were quite tight. Um, Laurie Nicholson uh, beat uh, Janice Dalmenico 23-16 and uh, the other one, Gene Sprague and Stacey Collier in uh, a ripping battle, uh, drew 22-all uh, in the end. So, uh, yeah, Rushworth takes three points, but um, that that one rink uh, gives the uh, the lion's share to, to East Shepparton. Would have been worth a look that uh, Gene Sprague, Stacey Collier. No, it yeah. won't be the last time they go head to head. I don't reckon either no, on the greens. But uh, just looking at the ladder quickly after three rounds for Division One, Shepparton Golf on on top, unbeaten, forty four points from Tatura Hilltop, two and two wins, one loss, thirty points. 
East Shepparton in third, two wins, one loss, 29 points. Shepparton and Park in fourth, two wins, one loss, 28 points. So very tight after Shep Golf. Seymour up to fifth with their first win of the year, 20 points. Kyabram has one win, 20 points. Rushworth, one win, 17 points. And Marupna Golf um, stuck on the bottom with only four points from the opening three rounds. So that's a midweek review. We'll quickly go into a weekend review from um, from last Saturday. Division 6 South. Brian, do you want me to do that? Yeah, or? you do that and I'll do North. All right. Um, Division 6 South results from last Saturday. Eildon 1 beat Seymour 71-59, 15 points to 1. Yates far too good for Alexandra, 91 to 54, 14 points to 2. And Alexandra 1 beat Eildon 2, 81 shots to 62, another 14-2. Um, so that is the South competition, Division 6. Yeah, Division 6 North, Dookie 67 defeated – oh, lost to a Shepherd and 80 – that was 2-14. Stanhope, 50. Lost to Kyabram, 0-16. Shepparton Park, 1. 72 defeated Jaroa, 62-14-2. And Rushworth, 48. Went down to Colvin Abbott, 91. Comprehensive win by Colbo, 0-16 to 16 points there. Division 5, Shepparton and Golf, who forfeited the week before, um, were back out on the green, which was great to see. Beat Murchison by one shot, 14 points to four. I'm not sure how that works, Brian, because looking at their team list, they didn't have anyone listed as their lead. So could they have played with three per rink and just subtracted 25%? Yep, yep. I'd say that's what happened. Yeah, because I'm just sort of looking at the scores, 32 plus 19. They might have played one short on each rink. But in, in it, regardless, a one-shot win to Shep Golf, great work. Marupna Golf, 113 shots, defeated Tallagarupna, 101, 14-4. Very high-scoring game in Division 5. East Shepparton snuck over the line against Merrigam, 86 shots to 83, 14-4. And Tatura Hilltop, too good for Seymour VRI, 112 shots to 83, 16-2. So that's Division 5. Division 4 weekend. Tad Hilltop, 83, lost to Kyabram, 115, two points to 16. Seymour VRI, 111. Defeated Shep Park 81, 18-zip. Seymour 92, def- went down to Yaroa by one shot. 92-93, two rinks each, four points to 14. And Dookie 73, two points lost in the Gamby, 107-16 points. Division 3, Shepparton Park finally on the board, beat East Shepparton 14-4, 107 shots to 81. Seymour, just for, um, too good at home for Tallygrubba, 86 to 80, 16 2. Marupna in a cl- another close one, 98 shots to 94 against Avenal, 16 2. And Shepherd and Golf, 95 shots defeated Stanhope at Stanhope, 14 points to 4. Division 2. Division 2, East Shepherd and 85, defeated by Rushworth, 93, 2 points to 16. Kyabram, 80, but defeated by Shepherd and Park, 100. Two points to 16. Marupna, 78, three points. Lost to Tura Hilltop, 101-15. Shepparton and Golf, 110-18. Whitewashed Marupna Golf, 66-zip. Okay, and Division 1 will um, sort of touch a little bit more on these games. Uh, starting from the bottom, Kyabram, 97 points. Remained unbeaten, defeating East Shepparton at home, 87. So a 10-shot win. 15 points to three. Worrying times at East Shepparton, Brian. Zip and three. Yeah, look, 
I uh, was fortunate to pick four last week. I was going for Tally, but Mitch Sidebottom was out. I've been um, stuck with him last year, but I thought golf without him, that would be the difference. But full Brian, credit to Joey Lear. Brian, we're in uh, Kyabram v East Shepparton. Oh, uh, sorry. Kai v East Shep. What were your thoughts on that? East um, Shep, zip and three. Yeah, zip and three. Well, I predicted, I, what I was trying to say, I was predicted uh, Kai Abram to win at home and all of you other pundits went for East. I don't know, I can't believe the score I read in Beatty's rink. I wouldn't have been surprised if it was the other way around. But Jockey McGuinness beaten him by 28 shots mm. and he lost um, easily the week before against Yaroa. So um, there's got to be something going on out there. Obviously, the front half has not given him any bowls or... But just touch on Jockey McInnes, though. He's undefeated for the year, obviously. He started the year in terrific vein of form. Mal Williams as his third, Calvin Hubble as his second, and Rob Ansett. So, fairly steady rink, but certainly a player of Jeff Beattie's calibre. And I think Jockey would, would um, you know, acknowledge this as well. Uh, he, he, to beat him by 28 shots, I don't think it would have happened in his time in the GV before that. Certainly not last year. Yeah, I don't know what's um, going on. I know Whippet got dropped last week. Um, Wayne Bovel, and he wasn't too happy. Probably uh, giving away trade secrets, but he didn't play in any other division. So, I mean, that's a... Mm. That's an indication that not all's well. Greg Schilling and John Gribble drew 17 all, uh, which I imagine would have been another good battle. Uh, Coach Brent Reiner for East Shepparton uh, defeated Noel Redrop 33-12. And Glenn Fields got the better of Daniel Nichols. Good to see him back out there on the green. Uh, but uh, 28-25 to Glenn Fields. And look, this is a Kyabram side that, that has Rob George to come back into it too. He's had a knee up um, and is hoping to get back just after Christmas, so uh, okay. first round after uh, Christmas uh, is what he's targeting. Uh, well, he's hoping to get back a little bit earlier, but that's the uh, the realistic assessment. Uh, but yeah, so they're flying the bombers. A big, big, um, big sort of result for Brent Rayner. He'd lost his first two rink contests of the year, so to get a win would have done wonders for his confidence. But obviously, not getting the overall would have been a big, um, a bit of pill to swallow for for him. Um, moving on to your rower v Stanhope. This was the the tight one of the round. Yaroa, 88 shots, defeated Stanhope, 85-14-4, which um, two wins in a row for Yaroa, Brian, as we've touched on. Yes, I uh, I predict Yaroa would win this. Uh, I probably thought, I think I had uh, only um, about 14 shots in it. Yaroa's a very competitive side at home. Even without Mark Stevens, Tony Kingman stepped up to the plate. Yep. Um, played third for... Kenny Sutcliffe had lost his first two games. But uh, I thought it was a good effort by Stanhope to get so close. It, it could have went either way with the final score. Yeah, look, Jeff Mulcahy, continuing his promising start to the year, 25-17 over Tony Kingmar. Uh, Shane Drysdale went down by five to Rob Ponton, 20-15. to 15. So I think that was Rob Ponton's first win of the year. Uh, Ken Suckleaf, as you mentioned, Mark Stevens played third to him and obviously was a handy inclusion, 26-17 against Hayden Crilly. And then Andy Houston, who's unbeaten for the for the year so far, I believe, um, 30-23 to over Tim Hancock. So, yeah, they're, they're sort of certainly starting to put a few things together, Yaroa, and it's good to see them sort of get two wins in a row. I, I don't know, um, Mark did mention that they won three of their last four, whether they, well, they must have won two in a row at that point, but it wouldn't have happened too many times in recent seasons that they've been in Division 1, so they're sort of starting to capitalise on their momentum a bit more. 
they certainly are. I think they've brought up some um, some new bowlers that have improved each season, and they picked up a few like Bill Taylor yep. and Andy Houston. I mean, walk straight into skip, and a, a guy coming in as third. Yep, and they've still got the experienced players like Kingma. And uh, the Yarn Waters is a handy bowler, and yep. Mark Stevens, Tony Thompson, he'd been out for a few years. He'd come back. He's um, pretty handy. Peter Norton just adds to your depth a little bit yeah, more, and uh, across the four rinks. Um, Shepherd and Park on the board for the season beat Tatura Hilltop ninety-eight to eighty-one, sixteen um, points to two. It was probably a lot closer than the than the final margin suggested. Sort of it did come down to the last few ends. Shep Park led again at the break, and Tad Hilltop came back hard, but um, Shep Park sort of just did enough in the end to hold on. Um, Brendan Boyd, Tatura Hilltop coach, was the only winner for them on the day. Beat Shane Walsh twenty five seventeen. Brendan Boyd and Nick Boyd bowled extremely well, as did Jeff Travaskis and Phil Boyd. So they they did a really good job for them. Um, the bit, the, the probably the, I'd, I'd almost call it a, a, a breakthrough win for Josh Warren. A skip beating David Cartwright twenty five to fourteen. He played some exceptional weighted shots and some draw shots as well, Josh. So to get a, a scalp like that um, was really significant for him, and it's sort of something that you know he's stepped up skipping in the last couple of years, and you know you're going to be playing against quality bowlers each week. So to get a couple of scalps like a Cartwright, hopefully he can you know win a rink against. T- Tally and Chip Golf. I think that'll do wonders for his confidence. Um, Paul Nichols beat Justin Spedding 28-22. I just want to touch on um, the sportsmanship of Justin Spedding's rink. Andrew Cross was playing third for him. We had a sort of an incident where bowls from the next head next door um, sort of interrupted our head and uh, moved some bowls around and it heavily disadvantaged to Turi Hilltop. And rather than trying to put the bowls back where they were, which was a hard task as it was, Justin was sort of happy to replay the end rather than stand there and argue about it for half an hour. And I just wanted to commend um, those that rink on their sportsmanship rather than sort of making a bigger deal out of it than what it needed to be and just replay the end and, and move on with the game. So um, hats off to you guys for your sportsmanship there. Um, and then the last rink was Paul Warren against, uh, forget who he played, Peter Lesur, 28-20. So that was a good result for him. So that's that game. And then the match of the round, Brian, uh, Shep Golf v Tally Garutna. Shep Golf by four shots, 80-76. to 76. They split the rinks, 14-4. So who do you think would be happier with this one, Tyler? Tally, the fact that they got that close without mid-sideboard or Shep Golf that they're still still the ones to beat? Uh, it's tough. Uh, obviously, uh, Shep Golf um, be happy to, to take the win after, um, you know, being really challenged, but it, it's... You know, it's something that, that happened last year as well that Shep Golf were challenged throughout the year and, um, you know, obviously when it when it counted at the end of the year, they were able to put it all together. And, um, you know, on the flip side, Tully Group no, would be really happy with that. Uh, I suppose it's one where both teams come away, you know, pretty happy with the result. Um, you know, no Mitch Sidebottom and go down by four shots. Obviously, to get that close uh, might would be a bit disappointing to not be able to get the, the fully fully over the line. But um, yeah, I think it's. Um, I think both teams can can take plenty from that, especially given it was at Tally Garupna too. I think they would have fancied their chances, Brian, at home, even with mid side bottom out. Certainly, well, Joey Lewis, I said earlier, stepped up to the plate and bowled exceptionally well. So all credit to Joey. Yeah, twenty one eighteen against Chris Ferguson, a good result for Joe Leah there. Uh, Brad Orr in probably the the headline uh, matchup. 
21-16 over his great mate David Dawes. So all remains unbeaten. I think that's Dawes' first loss for the year. Um, Brett Foley, after losing his rink to Paul Nichols against Shep Park the week before, uh, bounced back with a 20-16 win against Mark Ryan. Another blockbuster skip match up there. And uh, Liam Crapper sort of getting back on the board there, 23-21. A good win for him against Connor Truon, who played with a lot of confidence against Shep Park the week before. So, um, yeah, the, the, the gap's closed between them, I think, which we'll probably touch on a little bit in the preview um, after the break. But, yeah, look... Um, uh, we probably expected it to be close, but um, I think Tally would be reasonably happy with Mitch Side on him to come in. Trevor Exton potentially, Matt O'Connor, so they've got a bit to bit to gain out of that. I think certainly have. Um, would we want to go for another break, Tyler, or um, going and then we'll go into previewing this weekend's round. You're listening to After the Jack. A McPherson Media Group production. All right, boys, we'll roll into some uh, previews uh, for the next round of matches. Yep, so we'll go with the midweek preview for this upcoming Tuesday, November 30. Division 5, we've got a bye for Dookie. Colburn Abbott hosting Rushworth. Avenal playing Yaroa and Seymour playing Violet Town. Uh, in Division 4 South, we have Eildon hosting Seymour, Seymour VRI hosting Alexandra, and Yaroa hosting Shepparton Park. In Division 4 North, uh, we have Murchison hosting Shepparton Golf, Namurka playing Kyabram, Shepparton Park uh, playing host to Merrigan, and Tatura Hilltop meeting she- East Shepparton. Division 3, we have... Kyabram playing East Shepherd and two. Nagambi at home to Marupna looking to bounce back. Shepherd and Park against Marupna Golf and Tatura Hilltop versus East Shepherd and one. Division two, we have Seymour against Shepherd and Golf, which will be a really tight game at Seymour. Euroa against Kyabram. Shepherd and Park at home to Avenal. Tatura Hilltop hosting Stanhope. And in Division 1, we might sort of extend on these a little bit. Kyabram playing Shepherd and Golf. Brian, you'd think, even though it's at Kyabram, Shepherd and Golf will be too strong? Yeah, Shepherd and Golf. Well, Kai will be licking their wounds from the big loss to uh, Seymour today. Yep. And I think um, Shep Golf will win, win two out of three rinks and... Probably 20 shots. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I, I think Shep Golf can sweep them over there. Um, just a bit too much depth across the ring. Seymour hosting Rushworth. So another home game for Seymour. You, Tyler, you'd have to fancy them at home, even though Rushworth's coming off um, a reasonable performance against East Shepparton. I don't think Seymour will get done very often uh, at home uh, in this uh, division. Uh, as last year, and really the theme of um, any time a Seymour side is uh, is playing at home, that they, they just play so well down there that, um, yeah, I think they'll get the job done there. Shepparton Park hosting Marupna Golf. Um, Shepparton Park would be sort of disappointed, but pretty buoyant after their effort against Shepparton Golf today, and you'd fancy them to rebound Brian against the Marupna Golf, who seems to be battling a bit. Yeah, they'll win every rink probably by at least 40. They'll win by 40 shots overall. Yeah. And to complete the round, Tatura Hilltop hosting East Shepparton at uh, at Hilltop by the looks. Um, 
interesting game. I think East Shepparton can push them over there. Um, you know, they've got some high-quality bowlers. Stacey Collier um, is in there. So uh, Graham Barber. I, I think they can maybe pinch a rink off them. Um, but I think Tat Hilltop, just at Hilltop, might be a bit strong. Yeah, I agree. Tat Hilltop, um, I think side to got a few more uh, Division One men in their team, and I think that'll make a big difference. And moving on to Saturday pennant for this upcoming weekend, Brian. Yes, preview of weekend pennant round four in Division 6 North. Yaroa take on Dookie, and I'm going for Yaroa at home. Park play Rushy at Shep Park for me in that game. And East will account for Stanhope, and Colbo will defeat Kyabram at Kyabram. Division 6 South, Alex 2 to defeat Seymour. Yay to defeat Eildon 2, and Alex 1 to defeat Avenal. In Division 5, Shepparton Golf to lose to Marupna Golf. Merrigan to defeat Tad Hilltop. East to defeat Merch. And Seymour VRI to defeat Tally. Division 4, Nagambi to defeat Shep Park at Park. VRI to defeat Tad Hilltop at home. Yarrow to defeat Kai at home. And Seymour to defeat Dookie at home. In Division 3, we'll just expand on this a bit. Avenal host Park at home in the match of the round. Murray Phillips rink. Ray Phillips third. Ray Matthews second. Vince Mazzella in top form. Whereas Avenal rely on another big performance from Noel Slater's rink of Jenny Folletti, Faye Hatley and Donna Rowley to get them across the line. But it's Park by 12 shots, 14-4. Top yeah. dogs, Seymour. Sorry, Ash. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know whether Park has a great record heading over to Avenal. Like our, our greens of Shane Walsh is doing a magnificent job with them. I don't know whether what Avenal's greens are like been like in recent times, but I'd nearly favour Avenal in that one over on their home track. Well, apparently last year the Greens were good. I went over there when it rained all day, and considering the amount of rain we had, we played right through it. Yep. Uh, the Green would be pretty good now, I reckon. Yep. Top Dog Seymour. A dominating proceedings with Graham Flint's rink. Three wins plus 46 shots. Biggles Brown, three plus 27. Uh, have lost all three games, but it was encouraged to see Ivan Hall and Nolo Bryan's rinks record good wins against... Shep Park last round. Seymour's number one team looks too powerful and should take the game by 30 shots, 16-2. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, you know, they're probably the ones to beat in Division 3 and be hoping for promotion up to Division 2. The, the likes of Biggles, Brown, Graham, Flint, you know, Max Hammond, they're probably a little bit too good for Division 3, I'd say. So I think they'll continue on their merry way. I think so. Marupna just avoided the wooden spoon last season. In Div 3, but has made a resurgent, winning their three rounds to date and should extend that to four against Stanhope. Marupna by 15 shots, 14-4. It's remarkable to think that Marupna's Division 3 narrowly avoided relegation when their Division 2 side made the grand final. So um, it's great to see that obviously that gap's closed in terms of the depth across their grades and you know that's something that they can try and look to build sort of in the future. Um, I know their Division 2 side's really competitive each week and obviously their Div 3 side's going well. So um, yeah, I think they'll continue with a win against Stanhope in the threes. And Tally hosts Shep Golf. Both sides open their account last round and Tally's side looks the stronger and should notch another win at home uh, by 22 shots, 16-2. Yeah, look, um, obviously, you know, with Mitch Sidebottom 
to return in Division 1. That'll push someone down into the threes, and um, that's their second side tally. So there are some really quality bowlers in there. Damian Williams, for example, Lindsay Muston, that have played higher-grade bowls that are in, in their Division 3. So I think they, they might be on the way up, Tally. I agree with that. Division 2, Tad Hill top fourth. Host East Shepherd and third in the match of the round. And on the grass, I lean towards Tad Hilltop, who's Barry Ibbett's rink, won by 20 shots against Marupna, who were runners-up last year. He's two out of two plus 26 shots differential, whereas East Shepherd relied on Kevin Cox each week, three out of three plus 14 differential. Tad Hilltop to win at home, 14-4 by eight shots. Yeah, look, it's hard to tip East Shepherd in, in the twos without any great confidence at the moment, given sort of how their ones are going. And I know they had a lot of changes last week, and that potentially could be the case again this week. So I'd lean towards Tat Hilltop, who, although they've um, lost quite a lot of players across their grades, um, their, their depth in their lower grades still seems to be quite strong. So I'd go Tat Hilltop for me. I think uh, east for mine. Uh, I think the uh, the conditions this week might um, just change the picture of uh, that hilltop green a little bit. Uh, it's going to rain all week, and then sort of hopefully uh, the sun will pop out Friday, Arvo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you know east might be able to get out on their slower carpet out, um, inside and um, really uh, get get fine tuned to uh, have a good crack at uh, Tad Hilltop. Very good. Last year's runner-up, Marupna, have lost their mojo in the last two rounds, being um, savagely defeated in those two games, and they won't reverse that slump against the mean machine, Shep Golf, this Saturday. I believe Shep Golf will prevail 16-2 by 30 shots. Yeah, it's wor- worrying signs a little bit for Marupna, but... Um you know, they had a good win against Shep Park in round one, have lost their last two to Rushy and Tat Hilltop. Doesn't get any easier this week against Shepparton and Golf. They'll need a big effort, you know, sort of one and three. Uh, you're sort of behind the eight ball a little bit within a 14-game season. So um, they'll be hoping that they can try and salvage something out of it. But I think Shep Golf will be too strong. Yeah, it's Shep Golf of mine. They've, they've proven that they're still a strong side despite losing a little bit of depth um, in the twos here. And, uh, yeah, I think they'll get the job done pretty comfortably. Rushy, uh, three and th- three out of three and in form. And Kaya, one out of two and minus 68 shots. With their top skip, Phil Denham, zero and three, which is a big surprise. Gene Sprague and Chris Garvey's rinks will see them home 16-2. By 24 shots. Yeah, here's the surprise packet of the season. I think in Division Two, Rushy starting three and zero, and um, you know, great to see him sort of really turning things around. You know, probably in recent years they were the exact opposite, zip and three, and r- out of contention early. So hopefully, it's something that they can build on and continue. And like you said, um, I, I, th- I think they'll make it make it four and zip. Kai sort of lost at home to Shep Park last week, so. Um, they'll be licking their wounds a bit, and I think Rushy will continue their momentum. Yeah, Rushworth for mine. Shep Park got on the board last round against Kai Abram, and will keep Maroop in the golf as the clear cellar dwellers. And the wooden spooners for this year when they win 16-2 by 35 shots. Yeah, look, it's always these games are always can be a bit of a banana peel game. Um, you don't sort of want to be that side that loses to the the side that looks like it's going to finish on the bottom. Um, Greg Williamson, my, my dad's uh, in, in outstanding form for Shep Park, skipping into twos, had a massive win, 16 shots against Phil Denham last week. Peter Cross is going really well. Um, so, yeah, I think, they, I think they'll have enough firepower to beat Maroopna Golf. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I think uh, that should be, uh, as you said, Brian, 16-2. Yes, and in Division 1, we've got Tat Hilltop hosting Tally Groupner. Tally, without Mitch, sidebottom went down by four overalls to the perennial Premier's Shep Golf last round. And with strength and talent across the board, will be too good for a Tat Hilltop, who have been competitive in every match so far. And Brendan Boyd, uh, his rink's been very impressive. We've already touched on that. Uh, but the other rinks need to find a bit more. Uh, tally with Joey Lear and nice touch to win by 30 shots, 16-2. Yeah, look, I think um, sort of seeing them up close last week to, to, to Tura Hilltop, it's evident sort of how much the departures have really um, hacked away at their depth a bit. You know, they've still got the likes of Brendan Boyd, David Cartwright, Peter Lassert, high-end skips who had a lot of success last year, but it's probably in that front end where losing as many players as they have has really affected their depth across the grades and guys who probably didn't get as much exposure in Division 1 this year all of a sudden in the side, and it is a big step up, particularly when you're playing against the likes of Tally Garupner and Shep Golf. Um, and so I think that's probably, and you know, they'll probably find that again this week against Tally and Zip and Four, you're, you're nearly putting the pen through their name I'd, I'd reckon, you know, if you're not sort of beating those sides now and it doesn't look like that they've got some big names to come in from the twos or wherever else so um, I think Tally will be too strong and um, you know I hope I'm wrong I hope Tad Hilltop can sort of bounce back because they were the preliminary finalists last year and they probably had high hopes of making the finals again but just can't see it at the moment unfortunately. Yeah, I can't see them getting over the top of Tally this week. Um, you know, the Tally will be very, very keen to make sure last week's loss doesn't turn into two in a row. Um, you know, a, a gallant loss always has the uh, the danger of you know uh, not backing up uh, well the week after. So uh, I think they'll be uh, right on top of it. The uh, the broccoli this week. <laughs> very good, Park Shep Park, who saluted last week. Tackled the informed Kai Abram with Jockey McGuinness's rink. Superb last round, winning by 28 shots against these. PK Nichols won again. And the Warrens, Paul and Josh saluted um, with their rinks playing well against Tad Hilltop. Uh, Shep Park will be confident of making two on the trot. However, I'm going to go for Kai on the grass. They usually perform pretty well on the carpet against Park. And I think on the grass it could be a slower green. They turn the game round against Girard on the same sort of uh, conditions and I think they'll win by six shots in the closest match at round 14-4. Yeah, look, I agree. It's it's going to be another tough slog for Shep Park and I think that's probably how they're gonna we're going to have to do it most of the year. I don't think we've got the firepower to blow sides off the park and certainly the way Kybram's been playing. Jockey McInnes has touched on big win last week against Jeff Beattie. Greg Schilling's still as consistent as ever. And even sort of, you know, their leads and seconds are obviously really chipping in and, and playing their roles well. And, um, you know, it was great for Josh Warren to get his first win of the season last uh, last week against David Cartwright and um, Paul Warren's bowling reasonably well and Paul Nichols has had a couple of wins in a row now so hopefully that ring can go from strength to strength and you know I, I, I think it'll be sort of a less than 12 shot sort of margin um, hopefully Shep Park's on the right end of it Yeah I think as you said Park is going to have to stay in games all year and um, you know if there's anything that Kai Abrams shown over the journey it's that uh, they can really take a game right to the 100th end so I, I think this will be a tight one and um, 
you know, I think uh, last year the, the first clash between these two sides went to the last bowl and yep. uh, it's certainly not a uh, uncommon occurrence. So I think it, uh, it'll be 14-4 uh, and uh, might fall Kai Abrams' way uh, out on the grass. Yeah, look, and sort of a bit of a query for Shep Park is the, the second halves. Like we've probably, I think we've led every, after every break this year and obviously fell fell down by one shot against Stanhope, lost to Shep Golf, so, and we were neck and neck as well. So we really have to get on top of those second halves and finish strong and make sure we're finishing off games properly. Stanhope will be out to maintain their winning record against East Shepparton, who have been disappointing. Even though Brett Bryan has ranked with superb last round, Stanhope just went down to Uroa away, and at home they grow a leg, and they will keep East winless and finish their season off 14-4 by four shots. So this game's at Stanhope, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I I gave East the benefit of the doubt last week against Kyabram, and they didn't get the job done. What 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 can they do with selection, Brian? I mean, where where are they at? You know, we're sort of are we clutching at straws. We're sort of three weeks in. Is, is there enough body of evidence there to try to sort of make some calls? What do you think, Tyler? Yeah, it's tough three weeks in, but... Um you know, it's also tough to to let it drag out and and fully put a line through the season. Uh, you know, you've got to be prepared to make uh, make the tough calls. And um, you know, f- for example, you know, Shep Golf lost a, a rink or two in uh, the early rounds, and their ch- their side changed pretty quick, mm. smart. And I think they've shown over the journey that they're they're never pre- never unprepared to uh, to shuffle the magnets. And um, but like you said, uh, you know, the the depth and, and you know the the, the players pushing up from the twos is going to have to be there for you to be able to do that. So yeah, yeah. Um, obviously Daniel back last week helped East and um, maybe it's time they shuffle some front ends or, um, you know, maybe uh, push something around. I mean, you could try uh, putting all the gribbles together or something along those lines and uh, or just try and shake it up a bit. But um, Even Wayne Gribble is a skip. I know he's skipped a lot in Division 2 and he's got that sort of aggressive game that I think, you know, maybe East Shepherd needs just to give him a bit of a kickstart at at whose expense, I don't know. Brent Rayner had a good win. I, I wouldn't drop Jeff Beattie after two losses in a row, but no doubt he'll be um, sort of looking for something. Uh, maybe does he take Daniel Nichols' um, spot, uh, given that he's only played one game this season? But, yeah, cut, clutching at straws, I think he's Shep. I th- I'll give him one more chance, 14-4, but... Yeah, it's it's um, alarm bells. A traditional bogey fixture. This uh, a trip to Stanhope early in the season for East Shepparton, but uh, like I said, I, I think they're they're too good of a side to to be out of the finals race this early. So I think they'll uh, they'll get the job done here. Very good. Shep Golf at home are a daunting prospect at any time, and Yaroa, who have won two in a row, will get a a reality check against the invincible Shep Golf. Prediction, 16-2 if the rain comes, and it probably will. That'll help your rower. But um, the cream will come to the top when required, and uh, 16-2 by 32 shots. Yeah, look, I think Shep Golf can get the clean sweep here. Um, big win last week against Tali Garupna, and, you know, still proving that they're, they're the ones to beat. Um, 
not sure whether they'll tinker with their combinations a little bit, um, you know, whether they can, you know, maybe do that this week and see who might work in some other positions. I think, you know, obviously Brad Orr's in imperious form as, as always. Um, he'd be pretty happy with his combination. Um, you know, Brett Foley's won two out of his three games. So um, I, I still think, you know, um, we're not at that stage yet where Shep Golf's nailed down their rinks. And I know Tyler mentioned it last week that, you know, they, they flick around things and try and change little combinations. And then after Christmas, we generally see the, the ones that they're going with for the rest of the year. Um, so maybe we might see a little bit more of that, but I think they'll be too strong for your eye. Yeah, I think there's still a little bit of wriggle room there. Like, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Brad Robinson gets a crack at skipping, um, you know, at some point before Christmas just to... Uh, you know, maybe throw him in a little bit of the deep end. Obviously, he's uh, skipped a lot at Div 1 level, but, um, you know, not with Shep Golf. So, um, you know, I think that's something that'll be trialled uh, at some point. But like you said, once once we hit January, uh, it's pretty much, uh, you know, that's the 16 and, um, you know, that that's how they'll be running. But, uh, yeah, I think they'll be comfortably too good for your rower this week. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much covered it all, Brian. Is there anything else you want yeah, to Yeah, I just on? wanted to mention the 60 and over... Uh, singles yes. for the ladies and men was conducted at Shepparton Park last Wednesday. I actually got out of uh, jail from COVID and I uh, couldn't wait to get down to Shep Park and touch base for a few bowls, get the bowls back in my system. We, we nearly need the edit, I reckon, of Tyler um, giving his predictions because a message popped into my inbox this week saying, oh, two from two, you know. Did you have the multi on, Tyler, or what? Yeah, uh, I had it too, but I... When he said Joe Greco, I said, I won't argue with that. I'll go for Joe. And I did select Gene Spray. Yeah, yeah. And I think I was zipping too. I think I went for uh, Diane or Mark Thorne and, and someone else. But, um, yeah, k- k- Joe Greco from Kybram won the final again. Congratulations to Joe Greco, yeah. his first 60 and overs title. And Gene Sprague, a perennial um, winner of events, either 60 and over or open singles. Yeah, yep. So um, congratulations to those two. And as I mentioned to Tyler, with someone like Joe Greco, who's done a lot of leading in Division One and uh, over his career, it's, it just goes to show how important a good lead is in singles bowls. Yeah, well, in the men's semis, Kevin Cox was level with uh, he was level with Jimmy Oliver on the with one end to play. Yep, and Kevin and um, in the other match, Joe Greco Greco was level with Calvin. Beacon, yeah, with one end to play, so you can't, yeah, you couldn't get any better games than that. Yeah, and great, great to see Shepparton Park was able to host, you know, the state events and from greens all were good. Yeah, greens were good. There was a few people there watching, and congratulations again to everyone involved and the winners, Joe Greco and Gene Sprague. Yeah, Shane Walsh, just a touch on that. He's done a great job at Shep Park. Everyone's happy with the greens. I played on myself on Saturday, and they were really good. And uh, well done, Walsh. He keep up the good work. Well, that just about wraps up our second episode of After the Jack for the season. Uh, Thank you very much to Mark Stevens for jumping on to start with. And thank you very much, listeners, for uh, coming along for the ride. Ash, Brian, uh, it's been uh, another great one, and we'll uh, speak to you next week. We'll see you then, Tyler. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks very much, Tyler Ash. See you next week. That was After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production.